straight, no chaser. to the next episode straight no chaser podcast uh we back once again it's may something i ninth Why week of the quarantine because it helps people to get an idea of what's going on i'm trying to look into the camera because that's like the audience but then i like looking at y'all but we'll work with that anyway we back straight no chaser podcast four dudes talking about different things um that's in the culture and you know what we think about it in various different ways so I am uh, John. You see my name down there. That's good enough for now. We've decided to do away with the with the whole government. <laughs> We're going to move on. Neil, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, not Neil. Damn. Ox, whatever. It's so love. <laughs> Either way, right. happening, people. It's been a, a beautiful, productive week. Glad we're here back with my brothers again. We're going to talk about some things, get into some things, and of course, sip some things. So, yeah. Right. So, what is that, Neil? Uh, Dr. Stoner's Cataracts Infused Liquor. What's up? What's right, up? Right, right, right. Man? How y'all doing? Uh, Rashim from Yonkers, Ohio, home of the brave. Oh, um, God. What? You forgot what? Tell them where you're from. Neil, where you from? Oh, uh, calling out a VA. VA, baby, but New York is in my heart. Yep. AG, what's up? I'm down in Texas. I claim that. The rest of the Texas right now. That's all I got. Let's get it on. Um, what do y'all think about your man Trump drinking this hydrochlorosacolase or whatever the hell he's drinking? He's not drinking it. It's it's a pill. <laughs> it's, it's a pill. <laughs> I don't know nothing about it. I mean, I know that it is not officially supposed to be used for the virus or for COVID, but it is can be used for like malaria and stuff. But it's crazy that he's just like, yeah, I'm doing it. And you know, thousands of people are gonna do the same thing that he does because people are stupid. Hydrochloroquine. Yeah. They got hydrochloroquine and chloroquine, pretty much the same drugs. Um, and, and yes, what happens is if 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 your doctor and you as a patient talk about taking a medication for off-brand use, mm -hmm. ain't nothing wrong with that. So if you want to take hydro hydroxychloroquine, whatever it is, if you want to take that for a, a pro prophylactic pro purposes so that you do not become infected with COVID. Wait a minute. You said prophylactic purposes? <laughs> that's, that's, Can you that's, use that for that? I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that one up. Not that type of prophylactic. Uh, what? Prophylactic pretty much just means protection. Yeah, man, that doesn't mean condom, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. Don't <laughs> Smart dudes around here. I like oh, that. You, it, words. you need to go ahead of that, man. Oh, time out. <laughs> no such thing. I'm over here reading my Bible and chilling. Don't listen to him, internet. Oh, speaking of which, I forgot. I wanted to shout out Jillian. She said, can I say something to her? Because she cooked chicken tonight for the first time. She fried it. It wasn't raw in the middle. It was actually very good. So, Yay, good job, Jillian. Jillian. Hey, stay out of here. Way to go, Jill. Way to go, Jill. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah. so he and his, his his White House doctor, you know, because he's he's he is concerned because so many people have tested positive coming out the White House. So he feels that if it's good enough for the the frontline workers in the hospitals to take it, it's good enough for him. But there has been no study whatsoever to show None. that that taking this drug will help him while. There, there has been some studies that indicate that if you take this drug and you old, it could lead to some heart effects, some heart issues. You know, you could, you could, you could get hemmed up taking it, um, unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But, but this is this is his choice. He wants to take hydroxy, hydro, whatever chloroquine. Let him take it. And it, I think it's stupid because on one hand he's talking about, you know, we 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 we're good enough to reopen. There's nothing to worry about. And ain't no issue. Uh, y'all going out there and play on the beach. But on the other hand, he's saying I need to take hydroxychloroquine or hydro, whatever chloroquine, because, you know, I'm scared that I might get it. This the same, <laughs> that said, this the same president that said do a Clorox IV. Right. The same president, right? Yeah. He's not that intelligent. Bottom line. Mm. But y'all ain't going to be able to beat him in November. And remember, Internet, we've got it bet. Five dollars a piece that either Trump wins and I get paid or Trump loses and they get paid. So y'all remember that for November. So I don't, this is prerogative, man. I don't, I don't really care that he takes it or he doesn't take it. I mean, that's, it's, that's his choice. Um, your question is, you know, let me think about it. I don't have any thoughts about anything that he does to himself personally. However, I guess what I would be curious about is, does he have any financial links or ties to the people who create the drug that he's taking? Because what, I've noticed, what I've noticed about the things that he suggests, some of the things that he may say, he understands. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's an idiot at all. I think he has a lot of ignorant execution of his thoughts, but I think he's very strategic in the fact that he's saying things that he know will influence people to buy, spend money, and that creates mm. income for him and his associates. Um, so he's using his, his, he's using his platform to make him more money. There's been I mean, there's cl- plenty of articles if you want to take a look at what this dude has been doing. People have been standing at his properties, people for the mm-hmm. government, oh, they yeah. travel with him, they stay at his properties, and they shoot a bill to the government that they have to then pay. I think his hotel right. is there. I think the government owes his hotel property, I think $300,000 or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So he's making a, 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 a truckload of money off of things he says, wherever he goes. So I, I don't, I think it's very strategic. Do I think he's taking this drug? No, I don't. But mm-hmm. I think he's doing it to develop demand because people are sheep and they will do what this dude says or what he, what he brings up. So now that that brings up the point, like what company is making hydroclocks or rocks or forever, whatever the case is. And since you got the Wikipedia up, you can look that up, I guess, as the show goes on, because we all on Robin Hood. And so we can start, you know, investing because that's that's a good ass point. He is trying to make some money off of it. And why should white people be the only people to make money? We all need to make some money. I'm not investing. So it's, not, it's not just white people making money, just for yeah. the point, just for the record. There's a lot of black people making money, a lot of Latino people making money. There's a lot of people in general making money. In the stock market, and I want to be one of them. Well, invest. But there you go. That's what I'm saying. So later on, I'm gonna have to look up whatever company it was. I think that my point was that it 
it has been shown that it could be poisonous to people. It's not to be used for the purpose that he's using it. It does make sense to me that he's trying to, uh, you know, ramp up sales of it and get in, pay off. I mean, that actually makes a lot of damn. In fact, that's the only thing that makes sense. So, I mean, I get it. He's completely amoral, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a, he's, he's it's a, French, it's a French drug maker called Sanofi. Uh, Sanofi, S-A-N-O-F-I, French drug maker, and Trump does own a minimal stake wow. in the company Sanofi, of course, according to what I just read. It's the internet to take that for, you know, for what it's well, worth, grain of salt. Business Insider is the one you saw? I, nah, I, saw I think it was Box I was just looking at. but yeah. It's a Business Insider article about it as well, um, a small piece, but, you know, mm. if you own one Bitcoin when it first started, you made a, bo- a boatload of money. Man, so, I don't I don't even own one Bitcoin now and I'm making money off of Bitcoin because, you know, you can nice. buy fractional shares of Bitcoin. So nice. I don't even own one whole Bitcoin now and I make money off of Bitcoin. So I can't imagine what his what his his uh, limited share is a Sanofi because limited to him might be a thousand shares. That might be minimal to him. Right. He said his dad gave him a small a, a small loan to start his whole. His whole career, so and that small loan real estate empire gave him a loan of a million dollars in the early seventies. Yeah, we can go on and on and on about Trump, but you know, whatever. Um, so after that, um, are y'all wearing masks when you go out? Are you still are you going out more? Yeah, I'm out every day. Every day, Rasim is Rasim has been out the entire time. I have not. I've been able to shelter in place. I was able to work from home for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. What I do, and we are slowly, you know, opening back up to the public. Currently, um, part of our requirement is to wear a mask on our property. So, mm-hmm. so, so let me ask you a question. Um, let's say you at one of your properties, uh, and 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 it's open for business, and the patrons come in and they're required to wear masks. No, the patrons are required to wear masks. They're not. No. Wow. Just, just, to, just the people who work there. So let me pose this hypothetical. What if they were required to wear masks? They walked in and someone who worked there asked them to wear a mask. They can't do that. But let's say they did. Because we're, I'm looking at videos all over the country of, because of, of, um, like in DC, you can't walk into a store at all without wearing a mask. That's everybody. It doesn't, in all yeah. of Columbia, in Maryland, it's the same way. You have to have a mask mm-hmm. on if you're going to walk inside. So if you don't have them, typically what they'll do is stop you at the front door. Sorry, you can't come in here. You don't have a mask. And they'll send you back out. So what we're seeing is videos right. all of, uh, throughout the country of employees saying, hey, you got to have a mask on. And then trying to walk people out the store and folks turn around and cold cocking them, fighting what? them. Really? One dude got That's his messed up. Yeah. So, so if, if you was in a situation where you worked at a store or whatever and you couldn't let people in, and they wanted to fight over a mask. How would you? How would you react to that? Keeping in mind this is your job. Mm. I wouldn't. Mm. I mean, you could do whatever you want. First of all, to to kind of give you some more context, there've been people who've been killed, literally killed, shot in the head because you told somebody to wear a mask. There's a there's a situation up in Michigan, I believe, somewhere in the Midwest. Is that the Waffle House situation? No, nah, this is uh, Family Dollar. So it was a security guard at the front door, and. Um, there was a woman who tried to go inside. They got into a verbal altercation. She left, got her husband and a friend. They came back up, confronted him, shot mm. him in the head. 
Uh, just to interrupt, there was a dude at the Waffle House told someone they need to wear a mask. He pulled the gun out, put it on the counter, and was like, well, I could blow your brains out. Hmm. Left, came back the next day and shot him. Yeah. So what, what we, we're not asking, the, the, the stance is we're not enforcing mask wearing for customers. That's not, that's not our job. Um, our job is to, to do what's best for us. So as a, as a employee, you are required to wear a mask. If a customer wants to wear a mask, that's great. If they don't, that's great too. Um, you should social distance yourself, or physically distance yourself, and then you know just go from there. Um, there are metering people. Most places are metering people where you you can't have um, 100% capacity. People are 25% capacity or 50% capacity, depending on what your state or the local um, jurisdictions mm. kind of ask. Right. So, you know, it's it's going to be a very interesting experience because the there's no there's, we shouldn't have any situation like that. I don't I don't believe that we'll run into that uh, because there's a lot of training, a lot of patience. Again, most places have probably been open, but we've been taking things very very slow um, to be cautious. So there's a lot of training that's out there, a lot of education is going to be given to everybody. So I think I think I don't think we'll experience anything like that. You know, knock on some wood. Um, but you you don't know you have any vigilantes out there either. Like I, I saw the one in I think it was Costco where the dude videotaped himself and the dude took his card and walked away or whatever. Um, because Costco is requiring customers to wear masks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't have one on, I think they're kicking people out. I mean, that's not as they should. I mean, that's just not. That's not what we want to do as a, as a policy. Yo, so, wait. So let me hear something. So, Rob, you said in D.C. now, every place is required? Because down here in Virginia, it's not a mandated thing. Like, you should, but oh, if you don't, you good. In D.C., it's been like that for a number of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, they got signage at the front of the uh, establishment um, by, by order of the mayor or by D.C. order. Uh, everyone entering required to wear a mask. Mm. But that's but this, this, the issue really is... You, you don't have a federally mandated approach to this problem. No, no, so because of that, you got Neil saying, you know, you got to wear a mask inside. Mm -hmm. like, everybody got to wear a mask inside. Yep. And Texas, it's literally Texas is open. I mean, for the most part, there's nothing that's not really closed. Again, make sure schools. Schools are out. I mean, it's out of schools. Right. That's what I'm saying. But summer programs are open. You, summer programs are open. Uh, swimming, swimming mm. programs, yeah, you could like you can, you okay. can go to summer program. Um, what about like daycares and stuff? Our daycare didn't close. What? Wow. Yeah, that's I interesting. Mean, probably for the last month and a half, they recognized that people were not coming as much, but they were still open. I mean, we had to go drop off some of the equipment. They had like a whole goodbye thing, everything. They got mm -hmm. summer school, summer programs are open at the daycare. Interesting. I mean, the next two weeks is really going to tell the tale. I think that everything is starting to open up more, and that's good. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people almost want folks to go out and die. You know, they like, everybody's going to go out and get sick and die. That might not be what happens. I feel like some people is kind of wishing for that to happen. We're going to see. You know what I'm saying? The next couple weeks, definitely by, like, June, June 10th. You know what I'm saying? Um, Man, they I feel like by the 4th of July is going to be kind of business as not normal, but how it as close as we can get to what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be how it is. Whatever it is going to be, it's going to be by 4th of July. I know in the school systems in D.C., things done change, man, because, like, normally 
back in the days, we may not have like 20 or 30 in the classroom. I know for a fact they mm-hmm. were in the whole classroom. You ain't going to have no more than 10, maybe, in the classroom. They spacing everything out, changing everything out. So, I don't know. We're going to see. What? How is that have to, possible? First of all, work. They gonna, some of the teachers are going to get laid off. I mean, I'll be talking about that a little bit last the last show. There's going to be significant budgetary shortfalls in most governments, most municipalities. Like, they don't have enough mm-hmm. income, tax money, to pay everybody. So if you're a teacher, I'd be nervous. If you are a police officer, I'd be nervous. If you are a firefighter, I'd be like, in, in, I don't care what you do, unless you work in like a Google or Amazon, like or that type of tech company, it's, it's gonna be very challenging, man. Like, I don't think people are thinking about all the financial implications for everything that's kind of happening. Uh, it, it is, this, I, I was listening to um, another podcast and one of the one of the one of the um, the people on it said this thing that I thought was very very powerful. He said, "This is a situation where everybody is a victim, and everybody's a suspect." Like what what he means by that is, I can't go around you, John, as a friend, and be like, you know what? I don't know if John is asymptomatic, or if he's a person that may have it and give it to me, and I take it to my family. So you could be a suspect, or you could get it, and then you would be a victim. So everybody is looking at everybody, I would imagine to some extent, and you could be one of each. So it's just, it's just, a, it's just a very, very weird time. But what did you say, John, before that? You said something about how is it possible as far as the classroom is being revamped? As far as like schools and, and whatnot like that, because um, out here where I live at, the schools have been canceled, the summer camps are canceled, daycares are closed, parks are closed, all that stuff is still closed in Maryland. Yeah, so. I don't know how they're going to do next school year. And they really funneling everybody forward. We're missing out on the last three months of last year's school year. So I think like the next three months of next year is going to be dedicated to re- remembering what we was doing last year. It's just going to throw everything off. Yeah. N- next year, what, what it's going to look like, especially out in Maryland, because I got, I got an inside track to Maryland uh, um, uh, schools. What they're going to do is because they can't <laughs> fail you. You know what I'm saying? Where you are now is a, if you sitting at a seat and you don't do none of the online work, you will not fail. You will just pass with a C. And if it looks like you would fail, they'll probably give you like a passing grade. Yeah. So, so come next year, it's going to be a matter of, well, I'm going to suggest that you take this over because you may not have gotten everything you needed to get from it. Right. But they can't make them do that. I don't think they'll make them do it. And in terms of how they're going to space it out, they got to get creative. They got to get creative. They may not. They may not start everyone at the same time. School. The school they may not go the length that it typically goes. You know, they have to shorten it. Maybe stagger start times so you get half the squad there at early. Let them go through their course of their day. Send them home. Get the other half of the student squad there for the second half of the day. They're wow. going to have to get creative. Like if we're looking at school doing what they used to do. It's not going to happen. And to KG's point, it may not necessarily mean layoffs for them. Because when you talk about police, firefighters, and, and, and teachers, they got certain things that a lot of folks don't have. They have unions. And those unions would be like, nope, you ain't firing them. Like, and if you do fire them, you still got to pay them. They right. can furlough. They can furlough. But what will probably happen is a lot of resources that are budgeted will get cut. They'll probably sure. keep the money for, for um, salaries and benefits because they got to pay out the benefits. They got to pay out salaries. But you probably going to have to, as a teacher, buy every lick of paper that you bring up in that space because the school's going to be like, 
I ain't got wow. no money. I don't yeah. got no money for supplies. Okay. You know? So it's it's gonna look it's gonna look real funky. It's gonna look real funky when it starts over in the fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's very setting to hear from my perspective. Like people don't really think about this, but like the special needs aspect of this, them kids is not getting nothing of what they need because they need it to be like in a one on one setting. And they trying to like teach them on the internet and with computers and whatnot is just not very feasible. So well, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm gonna throw a wrinkle for you. Think about the people that got your dad, right? Mm-hmm. So, or even just people who read lips, they are completely screwed. The people are wearing masks. Mm. You know what but, but, no, but really, if you are gay, you dead. You're not reading lips. You're doing American Sign Language. You already got a full language laid out. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, I'm using them not like their school system is going to be completely blown up, but I'm saying people who are hearing impaired, who rely on their ability to read lips to communicate. Oh, if you out in the world. Right. With, with it's, people it's just who a, don't do sign language. Correct. So it's, it's just going to be very different. Like, everybody's adjusting. So for them, mm-hmm. like, for, even for us too, right? You know, if you go out, First of all, I don't know if you guys have been wearing masks or not. Some of them mm-hmm. can be uncomfortable. Uh, breathing in them can be difficult, depending on you know what you're doing. The heat, my ears stick out. They cut into the back yeah. of my ears. Your you breath. Know what I'm saying so, like it's 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 a very very different experience, and and most of us have not been used to wearing a mask for longer than you know a couple of minutes. Right. You're gonna be wearing like if you know if it's required. For example, for Rasheen, he's probably wearing one all day long. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's a totally different experience. So mentally getting yourself around like, all right, I gotta wear a mask to be in the world. Yep. It's just it's just different. And our, well, our do you have a joint with the two, the these things no, on it? I got I got um surgical masks and I got um N95 masks. I don't the whole and for me that's just people that's just style. being extra. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the most. I got I got masks in my glove box. I got masks in my office. I got masks here in my home office. I got them in my pockets. Like wherever I go, I got masks and gloves. How do you pronounce that word? What is the plural of mask? Masks. Say it again. Masks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I okay. Like, it should be mask. You think it's plural like fish? No, no, no. I mean, I can't. I, that's one of the words that I can't say. Oh, you can't. And say it's it. funny. Is apropos of absolutely nothing. I was watching something on the internet, and I saw like two death battle rappers on YouTube. What? They were signing to each other, and they were like cussing each other out. Woo! Y'all going to hell? You going anyway? To hell, I'm gonna leave that there. Speaking of rap and battles, what y'all think about uh, Ludacris versus Nelly? Did we did we care about that? Did anybody even watch that? Oh, listen, it was a lot of people in there. I, I popped in for a split second, and it had you know they had a lot of folk. Like it was well over one hundred fifty thousand up in there when I when I popped in. Yeah, that's I, cool. I, I popped in and popped out because Nelly has some technical technical difficulties. Yeah. yeah. So I just I just watched the recap. Right. I mean, that was one of them I wasn't really that hype about. But this next one is coming up. I am kind of hype about. Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer. That's all you got for Nelly and Ludacris? Right. Is that it? Because I was about to say with that whole Nell- Nelly Ludacris thing, I thought that was a waste. Nah, Memorial Day is going to I don't think it was a waste. I think what? what? Like, really, when you compare Nelly and, and Ludacris in terms of the type of hits, hits they have, not not the number Ludic- of hits, but the type of hits, I that was Ludic- Ludacris walking away without even... Yeah, without really trying. No, Agreed. I disagree. If you if you listen to um, Nelly gonna bring out Chingaling, what? 
The Ray Chingy out with him? <laughs> no. Nelly, Nelly got some bangers. Like but compared to Luda though? Listen, tip drill. That's that was that's one. Hot in here. That's one. What else? Country grammar. Country grammar. Eagles. What else? Well, EI. I could just yeah. throw one out there that could probably knock them all out. Uh, drop down, get your eagle on, girl. Yeah, that's five. Throw them bows. Who? Oh no, that's the uh, that's the looted one. That's that's yeah, but one. that's again. You got to look at like I, again. I watch the recaps because I, I didn't listen to it because when I saw Nelly and what he was doing, I was like, he looks clownish and cartoonish to me. Like he was just in there taking off his shirt and dancing around, and he right. picked some pretty whack songs. I'm like, man, that's. It's not a good look. And plus, right. Luda was a Luda was a DJ. So, just like Little John, he's was a he DJ. really a DJ? Or was he just an on air personality? No, he was a Luda, DJ. He was a DJ. He was a DJ. 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 Yeah, Chris Lover Lover. Yeah, yeah. I knew he was on air, but I didn't know he actually really yeah. DJ. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Everybody, everybody had their little fantasy wishes and verses. Like I said, the Memorial Day is gonna be Bounty and Beanie. But I don't care about that. I remember I, you're not Jamaican. Watch your mouth. So I love you, but can you not diss my West Indian? Not, no, this I, I, love I, don't it. I don't think it's going to be. I know, I know, I know. But I had this I one, imaginary one that I thought would be thick. What you think if they had Alicia Keys versus Lauren Hill? Lauren Hill ain't got no music. Right. She, got one one album. she got one album. She got two. And the future. What's the verses? What's the verses uh, requirements? Is you got to have like 23 hits. Is there a requirement? I didn't know there was I didn't, I didn't even so know that. Why you gotta have like either twenty. I think it's like twenty bangers. Twenty bangers. You know what I? You know what I read? Um, oh, who was with him? I can't remember who was with him, but someone was with Eminem, and they was pumping at Eminem DMX. Yeah, Eminem DMX. I think no, Eminem said he would be hot. DMX. Yeah, M, M said he would be down for that. Yeah, I don't mind that. Had, DMX was like, "Yo, I want Jay." He did say that I heard. He did. Well, I read that, but but I think it would be better if it was if if it was M and uh and DMX. Snoop said he won't direct, he won't uh Jay Z too. Jay Z, Snoop and Jay Z, that seemed like that would fit. No, Jay Z would destroy him. What? Snoop? Listen, Snoop got good features. Mm-hmm. That's all he needs. He can't play that. No. He, you need a whole oh, you song. You can't play those. You can, but, but you just play. But you know his verse in that song, so everybody knows like. The Snoop verse of that song. I feel like he should be in the playoffs. I heard somebody say this was one person that nobody should really want to compete with because he got so many bangers. And I was like, damn, who would you put up against Buster? Buster got bangers for days. Red Jay-Z. Man. Wait, what? Jay-Z. Mm. Jay-Z, 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 Jay-Z will crush Buster Rhymes. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, Buster? Buster and Red Man. <laughs> Buster and Red Man. I like a Dungeon Dragon. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't exactly. do that. No. Wow. No. He playing. No. Are you trying Listen. to say that Buster Rhymes ain't got no hits? I'm saying he got some, but not some? Wow. He might get one or two off an album. One or two hits off an album. Wait, wait, I like Buster, man. Wait, wait, wait. Buster, I'll Buster, Buster, Buster hold up. But he does. But wait, hold up, hold up. Ron, you don't think Buster would be a good versus competitor? It depends against who. Like Buster right. versus Nelly, that would work. Mm. He would destroy Nelly. Buster versus Nelly, that might not be bad. That might not be bad. Who would you put Buster up against? I don't know, because he got mad. So why you don't know? Because you Buster DMX. Buster in, a, in, in the box. You can't put DMX crushing. Rap it someplace. Nah, I don't know. I think X will catch an L on that one. On who? With who? With Buster. Versus Buster Rhymes? I oh, really y'all. You anyway, really clearly y'all on drugs tonight, What's and I need everybody to put the, the liquor down. Neil, what are you drinking? It's, it's, it's <laughs> exactly. infused, I think. Right, yes, exactly. You crazy. 
Y'all really gonna sit up here and say DMS would crush Buster. You know who I will put Absolutely. Buster against? I'll yes. put Buster against Fat Joe. Hell no. Mm. They, they are yeah. on par for me. Those I are the see that. paper MCs for me. You said Buster versus, versus Fat Joe. MC? Hmm? You said Buster's the paper MC? No one said that. Oh, I thought that's what you said. My bad. Ooh, no. no, I said I put them on the same level. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The next well, joint I needs mean, to be Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey. All right, next. Anyway, you're going to cut that one out. All right, um, so this one is kind of a little controversial, Internet. I, I got to be honest. So a lot of y'all probably don't even know this, but there's a young lady named Cindy Wilson who is a Korean person but was raised by black people, okay? She considers herself culturally black. She was adopted by the black people. She was raised in Jackson, Mississippi. It don't get much blacker than that. She went to Jackson State, um, dates black people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, I wanna know, is there such a thing as culturally black? And if we gonna accept the Cindy Wilsons of the world, why was everyone so mad about Rachel Dolezal? Why can't we bring Rachel Africa now? That's her name, Rachel Africa, back into the fold. Her name is Rachel Africa. She's changed her name to Rachel Africa. She used to be Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal, I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Now it's Rachel Africa. Anyway. That, that, that thing about Cindy uh, uh, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. I mean, she grew up in a black community. Right. She dated black people. Right. She went to a HBCU. Correct. That'll make you black. At all. Mm, damn it, I was so close. I was, I was, I was, I thought you was about to go in another direction anyway. No, that'll make you black. Now, the thing is, the black community, we, we will accept you because that's what we do. Like, come on now, how many white folk at Howard? Too many. Asian folk at Howard? In the professional, like in the medical school and pharmacy. And culturally, there was no issue with the mixing because culturally, we all, I mean, they were accepted, but they wouldn't step out there and be like, I'm culturally black. At least I don't think that, not the ones that I knew, they wouldn't be like, I'm culturally black. She got a book called Too Much Soul. <laughs> it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook, I believe. It's like she was born she in Seoul, out, Korea. She crossed right. out the soul for like S-E-O-U-L and wrote S-O-U-L. That's kind of dope. I mean, Listen, man, I don't, I don't know who this lady is, and quite frankly, I don't really give a shit about who she is. However, I think I'm good with it, man, because it may can not she even... be culturally black? Is the question? Can she, can she do that? She's been raised by black people. She knows how to play spades. She fries chicken. Here's the thing: that's I don't know why that's a stereotype, because the world likes fried chicken. You want to see some people fuck up some chicken? Find some Chinese people. They will crush some chicken. Anyway. Go ahead, man. <laughs> and man, you a fool, man. I, I mean, again, I get, what does it mean to be culturally anything? Well, see, there's, there's very definitive lines. I put it to you like this. If there was a little black kid that was raised in Korea, he could not claim to be culturally Korean. He might speak the language. He might live there. There's plenty of what they call mixed race, mixed blood, like, uh, you know, black Korean people in Korea. But the Korean people do not accept that as just like, you can come on in and be like us. It just simply is not the way it is over there. Nor is it like that in China, Russia, you know, 
you name it. People keep the, the boundaries of who they are very specific. Only black people are really like expected to kind of just welcome everybody in. Can I get my oh, whole tap on? Didn't, didn't OJ get say- Get your whole tap on. We already see you got the little Zulu shield in the background. Get it didn't on. Didn't OJ say I'm not black, I'm OJ? Yeah, he said, he said I'm You OJ. please don't compare us to OJ. Don't do that. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't have a, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree per se, but if that's what she wants to feel, I can't tell this woman how she should feel. And what right, was of that old joint back in the days when Oprah interviewed Tiger? What did Tiger identify himself as? Cablinasian. Cablinasian? Is that what it was? Cablinasian. Cablinasian, whatever you're talking about. Well, let, let me get my... Let me Tiger's get my, ass is black. Um, that, that, that's, 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 uh, uh, Chagalia. Right. Self-determination. Right. So you should be allowed to determine who you are and to push it out further. The, the, I, I believe Maulana Karenga wrote a book where he said to be black is to um, have color, culture, and consciousness, to be aware of your blackness, right? So maybe mm -hmm. the Korean sister's like, I have color because I'm, I'm Korean. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have culture. Is I'm she Korean? Korean? Is she and then I have a connection to the, I, I have um, uh, my, my, my awareness, my consciousness. And then Hakim Adabudi took it further and he said, color, culture, consciousness, and a connection to the creator. You see the alliteration there? My whole tepness is showing through the alliteration there. So in order to be black, you got to believe in God? You, you got to, no, no, you got to have color, culture, yeah, consciousness, right, connection to the creator. Now, however you, you determine that in terms of God, that's between you and, and, and your God. But according to Hakeem... I don't disagree with that. Huh? I wouldn't disagree those? with that, but it is what it is. A whole lot of atheists is pissed off with y'all right now. What makes those two people experts, though? Why, why, why is that the criteria? Because they, that's what they thought. That's what they thought up in their mind. And right, so she can think of her mind as she black, too. And that, Whoa! Can and you be Korean? If I chose to be... No, 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 sir. You can choose to be Korean <laughs> and move your ass to Seoul and see if they accept you as a Korean. She, you think she's going to get accepted too? She went to Jackson's as she should. Let me let me be clear about my perspective. I think that's wonderful. She can claim whatever. I think what people can't really accept, especially black people, is that other ethnicities want to be us now. They feel like the prestige and status of being black is something to emulate and they really do want to be us. So you're going to have white people that want to be us, Asians and Latinos and every other body, and they want to be culturally black. Now, the difference is, you know, everybody wants to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga kind of thing. When they start shooting... The, what's up with what? What's up with that? I, I don't want to be an N-I-G-G-A. That's not me. I don't want to be that. I don't, I don't either. I know what you well, mean. See, you have, unfortunately, y'all have no choice, and that's okay. No, I, it is I have just simply. I got plenty of choices. I'm not. Mm. I'm not a nigga. Don't, don't call me that. Don't talk to me with that. I'm good. Mm. That. It don't even be like, well, that means never ignorant getting goals accomplished. No. Hold <laughs> up. I like I like what Ra has said earlier when you said we're the only race that uh, allows things. So what you're saying is, I don't want to misquote you. So if another race hangs around us, eats around us, uses our slang, is that okay? Is that okay to you? He didn't say that. John said that foolishness. That's not foolishness. That's the way it is. I'm not. I'm not saying y'all live in the world no, that you Rob want it to be. I'm talking about the world as it is. Wait, Rob. I'm not saying uh, uh, whether it's okay or not. I'm just saying that's what we do as black people. That's what I'm saying. Okay, we yeah. are. We are. We are accepting 
of everybody. I mean, right. that poor white folk who grow up in our communities and what do we nickname them? White bread. You know what I'm saying? You know, like the, the Asian cats who, poor Asian cats who, and we, you know, we nickname them, we bring them part of the, the fold. Like, that's what we do. We've always done that. We what have never been, I don't think John? we as a people, we have never been like, nah, you can't roll with us. What was that thing back in the days, John, that used to piss you off when Jennifer Lopez made that song with Puffy? And you were like, how he, when she said, uh, uh, she called him my nigga. And you were like, why are we allowing her to say that? Puerto Ricans can't say it. Dominicans can't say it. Nigerians can't say it. Jamaicans can't say it. If you have a word in your language that is a derogatory term for people who like me, no net, no N word for you. And y'all, that's fine. We got, but we got a word. Hold on a second. But we got a word in our language. That's that means it. something totally different. That means no. something totally different. No, no, because 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 no. what happens? No, what happens is we say, nah, that's my nigga. We good. We cool. We cool. But mm -hmm. we also say, I'm gonna mess that nigga up. Yeah, mess that nigga. It got dual meaning. Yeah. Nah, it's the same thing. It's the same word. It's a word that has very different meanings, just like uh, deer can mean somebody that's close to you, or it could be a damn animal with horns, or any other kind of thing. It can have various different words. It's a contextual word. And how many no, other no, languages allow that both allow that bullshit to happen? No, how many deer is spelled two different ways, right? One word to mean multiple things. Rules about the language that you can use. See, that's the problem. White people have made us believe that this is the way that it's got to be. And so the, the, the language can only work this way. We can do whatever the hell we want to do. The language can be like a podcast. So time out. Let's go, let's go back to the question at hand. Why, if we can do whatever we want to do, and right. I agree with you to some yeah. extent, why can't she say, you know what, I'm black? Because she's not. She's literally Korean. But she can do whatever she wants to do. What's up? But she could do whatever she wanted to do, according to you. So basically, this woman is a Korean raised by black people. She will never be black. You she said can, you just said you could do whatever you want to do. You can create you can create new words that mean different things. Mm -hmm. I can I can say up means down, and you can say down no, means up, according that. to you. I did not say that. I said that the N-word can have various different meanings. It can be a threatening word. It can be a friendly word. It can be a descriptor. It can be a noun. It can be an adjective. It can be that because I am claiming it and I'm the person that has the most association and attachment to it. And I said so. So yes, just like other people will very carefully patrol their little cultural bounds. You know, who is excited the most about Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer? Are you from Gary, Indiana? No, the Jamaicans are, the West Indians are. They're, that's their culture. That's what they're proud of. That, that's something that means something to that group of people. So the N-word and various other things that fit into that kind of little cipher means something to black people with a capital B, not African-Americans. It doesn't, because I'm from Gary has nothing to do with Beanie Man versus whomever, Bounty Killer. It it's because I don't listen to that music. And why don't you listen to that music, Kelcher? Because you ain't Jamaican. No, it's not true. There's no, 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 no. plenty of people I know that may be from Gary that, that would be super excited about it. There's plenty of people that may be from Canada that's super excited about it. I'm not one of them. Canada. I don't care about it. Because you don't listen to that music. Because I don't like it. <laughs> that's, not, that's the point. That's exactly the point. Have you ever had um what what's the joint? Not the uh not the cocoa bread, but like what how do you pronounce it, Neil? Aki and saltfish. You ever had that? 
I yes. can't sawfish, stew peas, curry go. Okay, think about that. Time How do you like that food? Hey, time out. Hey, Neil, when you came to the crib when I lived in Georgia, right. where did we go? Jamaica spot. How good was it? Bomb and shit. Thank you. Listen. So do you like that kind of food? Listen, Listen I, I eat food. Jamaica spot. I, I said, do you like it? Yes, I do. Okay. I like West African food. I, I like food. I'm not. I'm not stupid. I just no, but I those think, artists. I'm not associated with those artists. Now I may. I may jump in and listen to something like, oh, that's kind of dope. Like I'm not. Listen. One thing I can say, man, is as humans, Roz even said this too. There are different iterations of us. I had never listened to pop music in my life. I've never been exposed to it. Right, growing up in Gary, like nobody plays pop. At least not where I grew up. The people I grew up around. I listen, I listen to Ariana Grande now. I listen to listen to everything. It, does, it doesn't matter what it is at this point in time. If it's good, it's good. And I'll tune into it potentially. And if I like it, I'll be like, all right, it's kind of dope. But, but now, nah, you know what it is, though? Because that, that goes back. It's Ariana Grande. It's really, it's really on preference and growing. Because think about it. When I first came out here and I was stuck on my New York ways, John and Keltrick, no. I didn't want to hear nothing but New York hip hop. Nothing at all. John put me on a rock and roll. Texas music, screw music, I loved it. KG, when I went to his house and he put me on a do or die, Twister, the whole joint, I loved it. So it's just on preference and what you get exposed to. So KG saying he not really a fan of reggae, it's not insulting, because that really ain't his thing. But, I mean, to each his own, that's all it is. Like you listen to Frank Sinatra. I never knew anybody that looked like me that listened to Frank Sinatra. In a right. Row, you every day. Yeah. I'm a very special case. There's, there's, don't, don't pretend like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of left field with a whole lot of different things. So that is what it is. But, I mean, good music is good music. I'm of the opinion that there is absolutely nothing that I could do to not be black. So I might skateboard. I might listen to Frank Sinatra or heavy metal. I might do this or do that. But there's nothing I can do to not be black. On the same token, there's nothing that somebody else can do to be black. I don't give a damn what kind of music you listen to, what kind of food you eat, where you was raised, who raised you, what school you went to, or none of that. You just simply cannot do it. I'm me. I'm who I am. I can't be nobody else. You can't be me. That's just simply the way it is. For me. A personal question, John. I mean, John. So when you see you see white people growing their hair trying to get locks, how does that make you feel? Do you care? That's a, that no, not at all. I mean, I I don't particularly think that that's a. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, and like it as in like just for a look because it just looks kind of dirty and stringy but I mean I don't feel like that's like them trying to be black in other words you know what I'm saying so I you don't care I guess you well I, you know what, what's crazy is you said something earlier you was like West Africans can't be black like unless you are no, I did not say that I did not say that the, the, the n-word thank you that's what he said because okay. they got a word called Akata, I'm probably mispronouncing that, that is expressly to describe your ass. So if you've got a word in your language that is meant to describe people like me, then you're going to get to say this word because anytime you say it, it irks the fuck out of me that people can basically put my culture on and off like a coat. There's a whole lot of African descended cultures that when they step out their house, they become black, for lack of a better word. But when they go back in their house, they speak the language that their grandparents speak. They eat the food that their grandparents ate. If you brought, if they brought you home and said, hey, I want to date this person, I want to have babies with this person, it would be an issue. So I got an issue with that kind of thing. And, but that's a whole separate little topic. And African descendant cultures, too, 
So you don't watch Insecure, huh? I watch Insecure a lot. <laughs> but ain't but ain't Issa Rae Nigerian Liberian. or something like that? Liberian. Liberian. That's uh, us. That, what that doesn't count because we went back to Liberia. I like, mean, African, right? That is, those are people to me are like people that was in like a jitney. They were slaves. They came to America. Then they went back. So they kind of got the best of both worlds kind of thing. Okay. So, so it's okay that she uses nigga every five minutes. In, in, in I don't particularly like it because it doesn't sound like it flows off of her tongue. Doesn't it sound what fake? are you saying? No, it doesn't sound fake when she say it. It sounds like she's forcing it. It's like they're trying too hard. They trying to something hard. like that. Something like that. Issa irks me for a lot of different reasons. We can get into that. Look, KG, have you seen Insecure? Any of them? Yes. Okay. So basically, right, I mean, Neil, you seen it? I this is one of like the best little shows coming out right now. Insecure on HBO. You need to check that out. I mean, I hear a lot of good things about it, but it's I'm, dope. you know, you know, right. I'm stuck in my ways. If I like what I like, I'm gonna keep rocking with it. You know what I mean? So there you have it. I mean, but it's basically I think the age group is like late 20s, early 30s, group of friends, mostly women, and you know what they're going through and who they dating and you know just different little things that they're doing. Oh, it's, it's it's real life, you know. They, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's mostly it's it's from a perspective of a black woman. It's a professional conversation. It's their relationship conversation. It's mental health. It's having um, a gay family member. It is issues with your parents. It is, you know, the father cheating on the mom and you find out about it a little later. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, the black experience. So I think it's yeah. kind of dope. I mean, I don't know if I could go all that route, but I mean, they, she definitely touches on a whole bunch of stuff, but it's mostly to me, it's like interpersonal. You know what I'm saying? The relationships, who she's dating and why she's dating them and why they fell out because in the first season, it was Issa and her boyfriend named Lawrence, and they broke up basically because Lawrence was unemployed. She didn't want to be with him no more, and she wound up sleeping with the dude that she knew from college or something like that. I don't want to give the whole show away. Wait a minute, Neil, do you have any desire to watch this? Let's talk about that. Okay, so we can give the show away. So basically, my point with, the, with this whole insecure thing, people tend to really deconstruct it a lot, and I think it's because the people on the show, really nobody is very likable. They're all pretty much assholes. And the stuff that they do, what? The stuff that they do. You think everybody on the show is an asshole? I do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You don't? I'm surprised. <laughs> no. anyway, we can touch on that too. But yeah, I mean, and I think the stuff that they do, people don't like reflecting on it because they've done the same thing. So people have cheated. People have, you know, broke up with their friends. People have you know, done various different things that they touch on in the show. And people don't like seeing that on the screen and then seeing other people respond to it makes them feel some kind of way. Here's my thing. Here's my thing about the show. Um, it, it's, it speaks to probably maybe a real life experience that people are having in that age group. And I'm saying maybe because I'm not in that age group. That age group is almost a full 20 years away from me. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's speaking to a real life experience or maybe human beings, we be projecting stuff. Maybe that speaks to experience that we think they think they're living, but they're not really living that life. I don't know. <laughs> but, but somehow it speaks to an experience that they gravitate towards, whether if they're millennials or whatever. But the, it's like a day in the life type of show. But my issue is 
all the main characters are just passive aggressive. All of them. What does that mean exactly? Because I keep getting accused of being passive aggressive, and I don't think that I don't. Maybe I don't understand what it means. You get so you. I've been told I'm passive aggressive as, as hell, and I don't get it at all. So my understanding is simple: <laughs> something's on your mind, and you won't say it. Oh no, that's definitely not me. You'll tap dance around it. You'll project on people. You'll gaslight other folk. But you won't say, hey, I got an issue with you, and this is my issue. Let's sit down and talk about it. And that's the whole damn show. Well, Everybody got issues with folks that they don't want to sit down and be like, yo, sit your ass down. Let's talk about this. So, I mean, I watch it because it's like 30, 40 minutes an episode. My wife likes it. You know, it passes the time. But mm -hmm. it ain't no cage. It's not a dope show. It I don't is, know. I like it. I like the show. It's it's all right. It's all right. And then, and then the other spin to it is Issa has set herself up uh, um, from season to season to be more and more of um, a love interest. Like in the first season, she was just Issa. She had a relationship. All right, cool. This season, she ass naked getting banged out upside down. Oh, yes, that's true. But she all, in, in each one of the seasons, she was kind of. She never went that far. She never went that she far. Got busted. She got she got squirted on in the face by the dude in the first season. That's true. That was that was the face. I'm talking about she's showing It's a cup shot. What are you talking about? I'm talking she's doing faux nudity, implied nudity now. Right. Implied, she's showing a lot it's of not implied because I've seen some nipples. I didn't see a nipple. This like the uh with TSA Bay. When she was banging out with the with the little security guard dude, like I want to say it was the first scene in the first episode. Yeah, there, there was the first, epi first episode. Just a little bit. She ain't got enough ass for me, but whatever. Uh, or hips. Did y'all know that the chick that plays Molly is actually a virgin? Yeah. Is she from the area? Is she from the DC area? I don't believe it, but okay. Why don't you believe it? Um, her sex scenes are very She's believable. Actress. She's an actress. It doesn't mean that. I mean that maybe that means she's just. You an sound actress. ridiculous. You haven't even seen the damn show. Oh, no, I no, have. Seen the show. I have seen the show. So what I think that she is a little too believable, maybe, and her character is a complete ass. Oh, Molly is an ass. Molly is an ass. Issa is an ass. Um, I think Lawrence is kind of passive aggressive. I, I can see that. They're all passive aggressive. All of them. And I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think the dude that Molly's dating, the Asian, the specific Asian dude. I don't think mm -hmm. he's passive aggressive. He's completely honest with her. Probably so much so that it hurts her feelings. Yeah, but he just got there. He. He. I mean, I think, er, I think Torian is very honest too. He didn't even want to have communication with her. He just wanted to come over and bone. This is true. No, he, he was just trying to bone. He wasn't. I mean, that's what, until she said something to him, and, I mean, listen, he didn't have to address it. I mean, that's. I think every dude on this thing has probably been like, man, you know what it is, what it is right now until I have to make a different decision. And I, don't think, I don't think he's opened up to her. I think he's still on some old... If I was him, I wouldn't mess with her after this because she's kind of wild. Molly is kind of on, on, a, on, on one. But have you, you ever, have you ever been in a situation where you saw a woman do something stupid, but you were still like, mm, I'd still kick it with her? I like it when they do something stupid. That's, that's my lane. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why, why do y'all think she wilded out? Um, who, Molly? Yeah. She was totally out of line. She was completely out of line because she was like, um, 
she was mad because Issa went behind her back and asked her boyfriend for a favor be after Molly had told her that she, she, did, she, she wanted she to isolate. Out. John, she wilded out because she's passive aggressive. And instead of addressing the issue she had with Issa, she was using something else as a reason to argue. We've all had those friends or faux friends who would use different reasons to pick arguments. That's what she did. I think that the so John just to give you some some information, passive aggressive is. We get this from Wikipedia. No. Dictionary.com. It's, it's indirect resistance to the demands of others and an avoidance of direct confrontation, as in procrastinating, pouting, or misplacing important materials. Mm. Now I find it interesting that you said multiple people have said you're passive aggressive. It means I don't see it because I'm your friend. And I've never known you to be passive aggressive. But in relationships, I'm assuming the people that will tell you this are people who you dated. You could be different in those situations. I mean, it's just it's just reality. Now, as it relates, I'm not asking. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. but, right. As it, relates, as it relates to the show, I don't know if I disagree with Molly's initial thought part. I think she the timing and where she did it was completely wrong. But I get the perspective. I'm not saying I agree with it, but what she, neither one of them addressed the real root cause. The root cause was she felt like the little Issa's new friend who was helping her with the thing who was dating Lawrence was infringing upon their friendship relationship. I mean, she should have talk, probably talked about that a little sooner rather than letting it build and ignoring the real issue that she was having. Mm. We, we've all had that in our relationships, in our friendship where, you know, somebody want to bring a new, a, new, a new individual. You're like, wait a minute, man, what's going on? And you got to, sometimes you got to talk about it. Right. But I think it's Let's a just keep it real. Look how most straight no change. What's up? I thought it was a, I thought it was a little more than that though. It was, it was a little more than just the infringing upon by new friends. Like they they she felt like they she was being low key called out by her lifestyle. About, yeah, about not true. being she she was she felt criticized. And instead of dealing with the fact that how are you gonna <laughs> criticize me when you living in your own muck? Instead of dealing with that. And I think then that's built into, oh, you got a new friend. And then, oh, you used my boo to help you get this artist. Like, the, the, all of, like I said, the passive aggressive behavior irks me to high heaven. Her so, issue really should have been with, um, to some extent, it could have been with the dude she was dating because he didn't tell her that she got, you know, he was helping. It out. ain't her business. It's not her business. I, listen, I don't have a. That's that's a little much right there. No. I was confused why he didn't immediately tell Molly, like, yo, I'm hooking this up for your girl. It's not a big deal. Let's just why, move on. And why would he need to tell her that? Because, I mean, I feel like that was, see, that's something that people didn't really bring up. Like, I feel like Molly was dead wrong, period. I feel like I understand Issa was like, this is literally my life right here. And you, my so-called friend, my sister, don't want to help me out with it or whatever cases. Number one, I got an issue with that. Number two, I found another way to go ahead and make it happen. Your man don't have a problem with it. So what's the deal? So I think that should have been on him to be like, look, I don't know what's going on between y'all and I don't care. I don't mind that she asked me. I'm glad to hook it up. Let's go have a good time. Boom. Hold up, man. You remember when you remember, I know John, you remember this. In undergrad, oh. when I had, a, I had a back balance, right? And I need to okay. get a loan. I called my granddad and was like, hey, man, okay. I need you to sign this little loan, co-sign on this loan so I can get this money to pay for school. Mm -hmm. He was like, son, listen, I love you, but I can't do that. 
was furious. And you, I, I came to the house, we all used to live together, and I was like, yo, this, this part, you know, my old man was like, yo, you ain't gonna co-sign on the loan, I might get kicked out of school. He was like, you a grown man, you gotta figure that out. And you walked away, just like that, he's like, that's on you. And I was like, I was, I was low-key mad at you, like, yo, man, I need you, to, I wanted you to be like, yo, that's messed up. And he was like, my man, you gotta I figure that out. I didn't tell you nothing along the lines that it was fucked up, at no. least. At all, at all, oh, at all. You low and then you turned around. I ain't gonna say what she was else, what else she was doing, but you went back in your room and went to the patio. <laughs> I was like, yo, this dude is wildin'. But it was the best news, the best advice I've ever got because it, it forced me at that time, like 18, 19 years old, something like that. It forced me to just really look at myself and like, yo, KG, you need to really you need to step the fuck up. You gotta grow up. You can't you can't be messing around and, and expecting other people to kind of solve your problems. I feel like I'm paralleling this to the episode, like. I understand Molly's perspective from that point of view. Like if you messed your own self up, you need to figure that out without using my resources. Now, I think she did it the right way. I think old boy should have told her she got out at the wrong time because it that messed up her success. Mm -hmm. She should have addressed it at a later time, but I understand where Molly was coming from from that perspective. I mean, like that whole situation, I feel like it wasn't a big ass production or deal or whatever the case is. It's one thing to be like, I'm going to co-sign for your loan and it's $50,000 a year or whatever, whatever the case might be. Another thing to just be like, introduce me to this other person so that I can, you know, connect the dots and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, you're right. You do have to do what you got to do. She yeah. to be introduced. She already knew the dude. She already knew another dude who knew the dude. And to the point where when it all came out, Molly felt like she was ready to fight her. Mm -hmm. over, like that would have came to blows. And it wouldn't have been because of Issa. It would have been because of Molly. At that point, she loses all credibility. All. Period. So, and to bring this up to the to... like this, y'all gonna make me want to watch this joint. <laughs> I guarantee you, I ain't gonna lie to you, fam. All this dialogue that y'all doing because I love y'all to death is gives me do two things either I really want to watch it or I'm like, fuck no, I'm not watching this. <laughs> if you watch the first episode of, and actually, she was uh doing this on the internet way before she got on HBO, whatever the case is, but you, if you watch like season one, episode one, you will know if it's for you or not. It's 30 minutes. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You know it's what I'm saying? It's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's it not by any means track is winning show, but it's entertaining. Listen, Neil, if you like great music and cultural music, like you would love this show, man. True. She, 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 she's the chick who did the I'm Bone for Everybody Black. I'm Moon for Everybody Black. Mm -hmm. Who do you want to win them out? Everybody Black. And she is for the culture, by the culture, and staying by the culture. And I think it's dope. Cause you and, know what, the only, as a black woman. the only perspective I'm looking at is like, cause I never really got caught up in shows like that. Cause like Insecure, I hear a lot of great things about it. Never been a fan, not not trying to correlate it to anywhere near the other two, but I never been an Empire fan. I never been a Power fan. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing is, the crazy thing is the only movie that I think I really liked, what was that joint? Matter of fact, never mind. But I've never been really a fan of like, you know, stuff that everybody's talking about, but the way it got y'all talking, it's gonna make me look at it. Just check out the first little episode, you know what I'm saying? You'll see. So, we have another good little question from the internet. 
Um, if you had to raise yourself, how would it be different than how your parents raised you? I feel like that's pretty deep. I, and I'm actually, who came up with that? Do I even need to ask? That's Neil? Oh, Ra, I'm surprised. Yeah, I thought that was Neil. <laughs> that has Neil written all over it. But just read the question again, just for clarity. If you had to raise yourself, how would it be different than how your parents raised you? You got to think about that one for a minute. See, this is why we got together 10 minutes before the show started. But I thought about it. You didn't tell me that question, but okay. This is, <laughs> I'm not, not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. So basically, we was all raised. I won't say what we was all raised. I was raised during the 80s. Okay. Crack was around. It was a very regular thing to send me on my bike to the store to go pick up groceries or whatever the case is. I think that my parents wanted the best for us and they moved us out to the suburbs. I wish that they would have stayed in the inner city. You know what I mean? It was a terrible situation. I understand that it was a lot of craziness going on and I'm looking at it from a child's perspective and I wasn't an adult. So I don't know exactly everything that was going on at the time. But one of the things that I do wish that I had had was like, I could have continued on with the people I went to elementary school with and some of the people I went to middle school with, like I left in about sixth grade. That was right when I went to middle school and I kind of started, I had to remake new friends and stuff. And it sent me in another path that I would not maybe have gone on. So that's one of the things that I definitely would have changed from how my parents raised me. I have no doubt that my parents did the best that they thought. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we're talking about the 80s in the middle of Houston. They wanted us to be out in the suburbs. But actually, that's when I started kind of getting into different little things is in middle school. <laughs> right. I wouldn't change nothing, man, to be honest with you. I think um, I kind of briefly touched on something, you know, last week that I would, for the most part, I think I would have looked for more responsibility from a parent. Like just, uh, my mom had me when she was 20. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that when you're 20 years old, you, you're not ready or you are ready for a kid. But, you know, having a child myself, I understand the financial mm. implications that it, it means to have a child. You know, you gotta, some things you gotta sacrifice. Some things for yourself you can't, you can't, you can no longer do. Um, some things that need to be different and you gotta, you gotta make time. Right. And, you know, I think about what I would say different was just more, more curiosity and what it means to be a parent per se. So the, the village that kind of helped raise me, I'm thankful for it because it gave me multiple perspectives. So while my mom was on at the time food stamps, my grandparents weren't. You know, I grew up in the projects when I was in my mom's place. And then in my grandparents' crib, you know, they had a house. I mean, Neil, you've been to the house. Um, so, you know, it's not, um, I, don't, I don't miss it because it, all of that gave me perspective. And I think because of that perspective, I hung out with people who had, I mean, who was like in the Jets who had literally like nothing, you know what I mean? And then I hung out with people who was like a, you know, people in the church who was like, you know, I guess considered like community royalty. So, you know, to get that perspective, it just, it just, it taught me not to get too high, not to get too low. So just to really be a humble kid and, um, and just appreciate the stuff that you get because, you know, ain't nothing promised. So mm -hmm. I, I, I wouldn't change much about it, man, to be honest with you, except, except some of those experiences that, that made me grow up faster than I needed to. 
Facts, facts. I mean, for me, I don't think that's a good question. I don't think I would have changed anything differently because, I mean, we've all been vulnerable. We transparent. I never seen my dad a day in my life. So single mother in the Bronx from Jamaica, busting her ass hardcore. And anybody know about West Indian mothers, they don't play. So if they say, get your ass in the house, get your ass in the house. Because if you where you're not supposed to be, they're going to show up with the curlers, <laughs> night cream, with the belt. Like, get your ass home, and the whole block going to know Neil about to get his ass bust. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's just this how it is. But I like the way the situation turned out, because if I raised myself, I probably would have got caught up in a lot of things. Like, by no way, these are my brothers. I love them to death. By no way, stretch of the imagination, am I a street dude? I just got street smarts. And I had the street dudes around me in the Bronx that time, even the OGs were like, Neil, you smart. You know Noel ain't going to play that. Get your ass on the inside. This ain't for you. Mm -hmm. But something about, you know, the cars and the detailing and the nice suits attracted me. So I'm thinking if I raised myself, I probably would have been more on the getting money, not getting money to sell drugs or nothing, just getting money because I want to take care of my moms. So my mindset, I think if I raised myself, even though they told me, Neil, the streets ain't for you, I might have been out there on the streets just to make sure Noella ain't had to bust her ass the way she mm. had. That's the only thing I think would have changed. I see you, Rock. Let me, let me, not, not if you had to raise yourself as a kid. I'm saying you as grown Neil, mm -hmm. how would the grown Neil, having raised twin daughters, turn around and then look at the young Neil and put him on game to raise him up? Not you as a oh, kid, oh, you oh, as a kid okay. raising yourself. Okay, okay, okay. We raise ourselves as children. We'd all be dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh well, if anything, I would have just told Neil keep on doing what you're doing. But I would have gotten, I would have gotten on my game a lot sooner. Like you know, I think we were just having a private discussion last week. Me, Ryan, Kelcher got to the show about if I had known then what I know now, I'd have been in a different place. Not necessarily saying a better place. But I'd be in a different place. And then mm. me being a parent, I'm looking at it like if I could set up more for the girls better financially and not have to worry about some things, that's the biggest goal for me. If I if I know the girls are straight, I'm good. Cause that's what we all working towards. So I mean, I would just I would just tell the younger Neil, stop tricking off your money so much. Cause when I started working in the post office, you know, you 18 years old, you're working in the post office, you got fifteen hundred every week. You kick your mother off seven fifty, but you got seven fifty to blow. Man, I was blowing money on everything stupid: sneakers, CDs, system for the whip. I got my first credit card at twenty one. The balance went up a week later. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, just telling the younger Neil, yo, save your money. You on the right. You on the right path. But I would have started saving a whole lot sooner. You know, we haven't talked about this yet, but at some point, we should talk about the lack of financial education in our community because we all have experienced you know a portion of that and I, I still want you know obviously Ron needs to respond but I think I didn't answer your question originally Ron I would tell myself to focus mm -hmm. period you need to you need uh -huh. to you need to fucking focus you know what I want to I want to I want to trump what you just said Cage I think in the sense of somebody will actually break it down and tell you the heartfelt just show you the guided steps because I look back just to state on your statement in, in St. John's, we had financial planners and bankers that hit us with the statement, 
or if you save $600 a week from now to you 65, you know, so that is so unquote a little bit of financial exposure, but at 18, 19, 20, you're not really understand about diversified stocks, all that, you know what I mean? So we, we never were taught really about saving money. We like, I got a savings account, but it didn't tell, nobody taught you like how to pay yourself first, how to, the game plan is to not have any debt. That's the, that's the, like having no debt is a, debt is an anchor at the end of the day. It's an anchor. And our parents, all of them have debt. And that's, you know, when you, 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 when you see that, you're like, all right, that's, that must be what's okay. No different than, you know, you, um, you see it, you believe that's what it is. Like, you know, Brooke thinks the, you know, Easter Bunny or whatever, whatever, whatever conceptually, you know, she thinks, like a princess is a real thing. Like they are real princesses, but it's like a few far in between. So if you see something your whole life growing up, you believe that's how certain things are. Mm -hmm. All of us probably got our behinds. But you also got to think about based on what your exposure is. Because I knew cats in the Bronx that had grandparents that the old school put your money in the mattress. I know this one dude's grandfather, he had like 20 grand in his closet. And it's just like- That's that's no money. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, but, but 30 years ago, that seemed like something, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, so but 20 grand is a lot of money. But if 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 that person was educated, not right. educated, if that person knew what to do with that twenty, then that twenty would be able to flip and grow and give him back a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, it's not just it, it's not just having money and saving it in a bank or in your mattress is how do you take money and make money work for you so even when you sleep your money's making money like those are the things that we weren't taught like like mm-hmm. i don't want to necessarily know just how to save money because mm-hmm. i'm not going to get set up just by saving money i see you cage money got this work. out today 17 things millionaires do differently from everyone else yeah. it was a, a great article on business insider i would encourage you to read it um and know that the very first thing it talks about, if you can look right here, the very first step mm-hmm. is they're frugal. And mm-hmm. you talked about tripping off your money. So I, I would just say- Question, and I love this. Can, can, I, can I go on and answer? Everyone else- yeah, my, 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 oh, my, my bad, Rob. Rob. No, but y'all just want to take it and run with it though, right? Right. My bad, Rob, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> my thing is, if I had to, if I'm thinking, you know, Ra at 46, whipping back around. Damn, you old. You an old man, dog. I know. Yeah. But I know someone who was exactly one year, 365 days older than me. Ox, Neil. So I ain't the oldest. Hey, um, it's a blessing. Ain't it? So who is the I, oldest looking one on this podcast, though? Anyway, go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, bro. I, I I wrote the question, but then I had to think about it. And I was like, "Damn, I don't even know if I want to answer that question." Mm. Yeah, it was serious because when, when I think about um, how I was raised, you know, someone had someone had put me on this like well into I think I was late twenties, and it was like, "Your mother did the best she could mm-hmm. based on what she knew." Right, she raised you the best way she could based on what she knew. The problem was my mother didn't know a lot. You know what I'm saying? She was young, had got married, had a kid, had me. And then three years after having me, my father went and had a daughter with someone else. 
And I think that alone, um, that messed her head up until she died. Like she was, mm. that that messed her head up until she was gone. And I think living with her, being you know the physical representation of the man who stepped out, it it it, it caused her to um, it made it easy for her not to be present. I mean, she had to work. Like she was working three jobs, worked overnight, worked all day, worked in a, a, a weekend shift. But it was easy because you know here she got two kids in the crib that represent a dude who stepped out on her. And mm. that is worse. You know, when I was born, I didn't start walking until I was seven. You know, so I had operations every single year. So in the seventies, you cripple. Yeah, I mean, you can't walk. You got you got operations. Your bones are doing different things. You cripple. So now you the black sheep of the community. And I think that even creeped into the family. So what I would say yeah. is, like, if I had to turn around and be like, how would I raise that child? How would I raise Rashim? I'd be like, damn it, just raise him. You know what I'm saying? Just raise him. Put energy and effort, you know? Mm. You know, you see these little videos of babies walking around, you know, with little walkers and strollers and all, everyone's supportive. And, oh, you got it. And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. That's now. That wasn't in the 70s, you know? So... I think that's the support True. that the, the the emotional, mental, um, even physical support. Like I don't even know. Now that I think about it, I don't think I can I can remember at least five times that we looked at each other and was like, "Yo, love you." Hmm. Hmm. That's real. I, I can't I can't remember. I I don't think it ever. I don't even think it happened three times. Not. Not as a, a, a conscious person, maybe when I was a little baby, but I was a baby. Mm. But from five, six on, I can't remember three times that ever happened. So I would say as if I had to turn around and be like, how would I raise yo know, young Rasheen? Just be a parent, be present. You don't got to be perfect, but at the same time, you 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 can't ghost. You know what I'm saying? You can't ghost. You know what? You you touched something that kind of made me sensitive for a second. Let me ask y'all a question. It may be personal or not. Growing up, y'all remember the first time y'all told y'all parents, well, your mother, you love her? Because I ain't tell my mother. I, I knew my mother loved me, and, mm-hmm. I, and, and she knew I loved her. But the first time I told my mother I love you was when I was 18. And I don't know why I said it. I was like, I was on the way out. And I was like, Ma, I love you. I'll see you later. And she looked at me. She's like, is something wrong with you? I said, no. Nah, what you mean, Ma? She said, uh... you've never said... I love you. And it wasn't like a negative thing. It's, it was assumed. We knew it. But I literally verbally said, yo, Ma, I love you. And ever since 18 to this day, even when my mom to New York, I'm like, Ma, I love you later. I love you. But y'all remember the first time you actually told your mother I love you? No, because I do it all the time. See? Um, I got you. I, I think um, what's interesting is I, I, I question Love is a very interesting concept, Facts. right? Because it, it shows up very differently. Love ain't always, you know, clean and ain't always pure, but it's it's something where I think you would, you know, what you're willing to sacrifice is an example of what, you know, love can look like. Um, I've always told my mother that I loved her. I've always told my, my grandmother that I loved her. And uh, if anybody, that's a picture of my grandmother and me when I was a little kid up there. So 
you know, if anybody that knows me, they know that my grandma was the person that, you know, she was the, the rock of my, my life. Um, she died on July 3rd, 1999, and I was with these brothers that whole summer. And so that's kind of where our bond kind of, kind of formed. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, I'm, I'm a sensitive person. I'm an emotional person. Uh, I'm an affectionate person. So it doesn't, you know, saying I love you, like I would tell guys that, I, that were close to me, I love you, brother, uh, you know, early, before it was probably even cool. Nobody questioned my, my orientation or nothing like that. I mean, y'all know me very well. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not a, I think, I think, I learned early on that you got to give people the flowers while you're here. And uh, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. A lot of, a lot of, you know, I remember going to my great granddad's funeral, uh, growing up in Gary, a lot of people that we knew were getting killed. And so you just, you just never know when your time is up or when their time is up. Um, so you just be like, man, I love you. And that's, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've told you fellas I love you more than I, I, I told my mother. Mm. That's yeah. real. Yeah, because and then when I think about it, now that's my mother, real. not Alexis. You know, my cousin, my mother's cousin Alexis is the one that raised me when I left my mother. When She's I was so dope. Now Alexis, that's, that's, that's my lady. I mean, she gave me everything that I said I would have given myself she gave me, but I didn't get that from her until I was like 14, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. so some, some damage had already been done, you know? Um, but I married into a family where I love you is, yeah. that's common. That's, 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 that's how you breathe. That's coming, coming and going. You leave in the crib in the morning, you coming back in the evening. That's, that's just how it is. And that's a completely different experience from what I grew up with. So it took some getting used to it to be like, oh, all right, love you too. Sometimes <laughs> you become it's almost, about, uh, it's almost like I got at the age of age of uh, uh, um, uh, fifteen. I'm talking about uh, uh, mothers and mothers in law, you know, because I got you know I got a stepmother in law, a mother in law. I'm talking about nieces and, and, and sisters in laws. Everybody loving each other, and I was just like, yeah, but I, I can say as your friend. This had a significant positive impact on you as a person. Mm. Like I can, I can look at you. I, mean, I remember when you when you was getting married, and the three of us, me, John, and and uh, and Neil, we were all kind of talking like, "Man, this dude really happy." You know what I mean? Like he is really happy, and uh, it's it's evident. Yep. You know what I mean? like, so, you said a key phrase. I think love is based on what you're exposed to. Because if anybody knows, well, Rod know from the New York perspective, Jamaican families are very strict and like abrasive in their nature. It's love, but it's very abrasive. So somebody standing on the outside would be like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's that's that's, that's my mom. She like, that's not love. But then again, it is. So it's based on what your environment is like. And I got to salute you real quick before we move on, Cage, because you said something to me three years ago, you just said it now, but I internalized that where it's like, we've known each other for 20 plus years, but we got to tell each other we love each other every day while we here. You know what I'm saying? Don't wait till a eulogy to be like, oh, Keltrick, John, Rob was such great people. Shit, I'm going to tell y'all that shit now. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you for that, fam. Indeed. I mean, I guess I will be the, the odd one out the bunch. Um, my family, I was raised by my mother mainly. We do not we're not a I love you kind of family. We also don't hug a whole lot. 
Um, I've never doubted that my mother loved me, of course, but it just was not something that we did. It wasn't a whole bunch of I love you, huggy type stuff. It just simply was not. But um, that's something that I've tried to instill in my children because I definitely do. I've run into people who were raised. I, I read somewhere that there's two kinds of people, those who were raised on survival and those who were raised on like support or something like that. I feel like I was raised on survival and I want to make sure that it's clear that I have no question that my mother loved me and was trying her best and all that other good stuff. However, the simple fact of the matter was she had to work and I was pretty much like with my grandmother or by myself watching TV, riding my bike, just doing my thing. It's not something I felt like I missed out on until I ran into people who were raised in that kind of more nurturing, for lack of a better word, environment and seeing how, you know, kind of how they respond to life and stuff like that. Um, when I first got to Howard, people hugging me was strange. It's still strange to me. You know what I'm saying? We used to expect a few to kind of walk when you, get, when you give him a good dab and you try to bring him in, he'd be like, hey, okay, okay, you're coming in, huh? No, I would shake your hand. I might give you like a pound or something, especially like uh, hugging women. I was like, whoa, I just wasn't my thing. It took me a minute to kind of get used to that. <laughs> But I did in time, and now I totally understand, and I have to, like, remind myself, you know, to bring it full circle. Um, like, when I'm raising my own children, I try to remind myself, you know, they need hugs. You know what I'm saying? They need me to tell them, physically tell them, I love you. It's not enough for me to just pay every goddamn bill. I have to say, you know, I love you and all that other good stuff. It's just part of it. And that's, you know, it's, it's better that way. So I remember my granddad, for a period of time, never said he loved me. I remember consciously thinking to myself, he's never said I love you. Like, I remember telling him, like, you know, Dad, I love you, whatever. And he would be like, we love you. Or, like, it, it would be more in generalized terms. I remember the first time he said, I love you, too. It was like, a, like man, he, he loves me, too. Like, he said I. Like, he personalized it. You know what I mean? I would really? say as a, to you, John, it's, it's critically important. I found it at least that I understood what each individual person thought and not like a, like a generalized thing. So although it is understood that you're doing these things, it also helps, at least it helped me to, to, to hear it like, I love you. Because mm -hmm. I, I, think, I think that that, that, that contributes to everybody's self-worth. Like I, I have affirmations I do with Brooke every day. We do affirmations. There's like eight or nine that we do. And uh, the first one is telling her, hey, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. Mm -hmm. um, she says, I am, uh, my mommy loves me. My daddy loves me. My family loves me. Uh, I am enough. I am loved. My family loves me. And she said whatever she wants to say. Like, that's every fucking day. Because she needs to know that these people love her and they care about her and that she is, she's enough. Like she, she don't never got to look at no place else for where she's, what she finds worth except within herself and her immediate family if she wants to. So she will have that until we stop. Facts, facts, that's good. Well, on that note, gentlemen, been real, but I mean, uh, I feel like that was good. That's it? What? It's been an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, it has? Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Yo, I didn't think it was like that, dog. Yeah. It's been an hour 40. It is 1037. I feel like an hour 15. Yo. Time flies when you're having fun, as they say. But 
next week, we were supposed to do this this week, but next week maybe we'll do the whole black fatherhood thing. Cause we started delving into something you know, we was talking about like our mothers, each one of us was pretty much raised by our mother or a grandmother or a maternal figure, I guess is the best way to say it. And it's like, where are our dads? Maybe that's something we can touch on next week. So let's do that. Internet, I'm going to put that on the list. I'm going to put that on the list. Put it on and, the list John. and on top of that, if um, anyone out there watching this, listening to this, um, got any ideas, you know, if you get this from any one of us, you're getting it through social media. So just mm-hmm. hit us up on social media and let us know what your idea is. If you want us to talk us about talk about something specific or particular, um, we'll do that. And John, like and subscribe. I, John, there's something free. I never told you, fam. What's up? Love you, dog. <sighs> See, I'm not gonna get sensitive. No, hey. I say I feel like I tell y'all I love you on a regular basis. No, you ain't saying that to him. You it. it ain't. It, it's not not known. We do. I love you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, internet, we gonna check out. All right, signing off. Peace. Peace. Shout out to Mississippi State. Boom. Straight. No chaser.